Welcome to the Colby Cast, episode 98. Thank you for joining us. Today we're joined by academic officers Megan Langle, Nicole O'Connor, and Tony Gazaldo. Our conversation gives us a chance to reflect on the growth of the online program throughout the years and to look forward to the constant improvement and renewal that is needed in a Catholic organization. We hope that you'll enjoy the show. Hi there, I'm Bonnie, liturgical musician, popcorn and podcast fanatic, and Colby homeschooling mom to four lads and lasses of middle and high school age. And this is Stephen, homeschooling father of five and director of development for Colby Academy. week we visited with the deans who serve Colby families and marveled at the growth that Colby has experienced in recent years. Today we welcome back a couple of recurring cast members as it were, Mrs. Megan Lengel, Colby's chief academic officer who's been around from the get-go of the online academy in 2013, before that actually, with those 15 teachers and 139 high schoolers we mentioned, and Mrs. Nicole O'Connor, longtime online instructor and founding director of the online elementary program. Hello you two. Hi. Hi, Bonnie. Thanks for having us. It's great to see you guys back. Thanks for coming. In the show notes for this episode, we will link the episodes Megan and Nicole have graced before. It's my joy to welcome a new cast member, Mr. Tony Gazaldo, who has been serving Colby families as an academic advisor and online instructor this school year and was recently appointed the new director of the 6th through 12th grade online program. Welcome to the Colby cast. Thank you. It's great to meet you. You as well. Oh, thank you. Would you pretend it's Meet the Teacher Night and tell us about yourself? Ooh, meet the Teacher Night. Um, <laughs> so how do I describe myself? Um, I am, uh, I, I guess I'll start with the personal. I am uh, married happily, uh, will be married 15 years uh, this September. I've got two kids, uh, two girls, a, a 10 and a 5. Um, I am a convert, and I was re received into the church at Easter 2017. Um, currently attend Christ the Teacher Parish in DeKalb, and uh, uh, shout out to Father Mano and Father Canella, two great priests. Um, my professional background uh, is mostly in education, so I've, I've been working in some capacity in education for uh, roughly 20 years. Um, I started out working as a, a paraprofessional after I graduated from college, and then I also was in the Air National Guard and I was a trainer for my unit. Eventually, license and taught in public school for five years. Um, from there, I moved on to uh, working in higher education. So I worked at uh, doing program review and assessment at a community college and then moved on to university and did similar work with assessment um, and satisfaction, surveying and data and things like that. Um, and then at the same time, I earned uh, an instructional technology master's degree. So those are kind of that's kind of like where I where I came from before I, I got to Colby. Wow. Okay. And how did you happen upon Colby then? Oh, that's a fun story too. Um, so I, I, I started out actually working, um, or I should say volunteering on the um, education commission for my daughter's uh, brick and mortar Catholic school. Um, and the school was having some enrollment trouble. And so we were doing some research to try to figure out how to, how to revive the school. Um, and since I was a convert and uh, also worked in education, question for me was what is a proper Catholic education look look like? So I, I uh, started doing research on that. 
Uh, I uh, eventually discovered the Cardinal Newman Society, eventually discovered Colby Academy. Um, and what I found was uh, a place that was in, in integrating perfectly sort of uh, what I understood to be true or came to understand to be true about a proper Catholic education, but that also something that matched my uh, philosophy of teaching pedagogy, and then also what I would say is an effective use of instructional technology. So I, I became kind of a fan before I ever thought of, uh, you know, participating or joining uh, the Colby world. And I guess from there, just as the pandemic was getting ready to kick off, and I had I had been thinking about like, not just Colby as a, 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 a benchmark against which I could I could help move my daughter's school, but maybe my daughter be a Colby student, except she was too young at the time. And then I got an email that said Colby was in, uh, launching a new K-5 program. Um, and that kind of got the ball, the ball rolling on, on my journey to where I am now. Nice, nice. Okay. Has anything surprised you about Colby since you started here? Oh man, I'd say, I I want to say yes and no. So so mm -hmm. I, I I think it's like it's it's been an experience where what I suspected about Colby turned out to be true. So uh, uh, all the things I mentioned before: uh, Catholic education done properly, f mission focus, infusing the full curriculum with our our faith and our our view of of things. Um, so not just a secular education with a religion course added on, but uh, a learning environment where every every experience the student has is infused with the faith. Um, that has not been surprising, I guess. Um, but maybe some things that have been surprising is just how much community and friendship can actually be fostered in an online uh, environment, both for students and for, for teachers and staff. I, I am obviously not a skeptic of, of technology um, in education, or I wouldn't have come here. I wouldn't have gotten the, the, the you know, education that I did myself. Um, I knew it could be an effective way to teach people and for people to learn, but I didn't experience the, the community aspect myself. And I've, I've built virtuous friendships with people that I have not yet met in person. Um, and I've seen community build among students um, in ways that I didn't anticipate students who have not met each other in, in person. Um, and that's been a wonderful, wonderful thing to see. Um, and I'll also say one thing that's been surprising to me, uh, that I, one of those things that I don't think you can discover until you experience it, is just how absolutely gratifying it is for your profession to serve the mission of the church. And because Mol Colby is so committed to mission and Colby's mission is in service of the church, this last year of working here has been gratifying in ways that I don't, I don't think I fully have grasped yet myself. It's still, it's still very much surreal. Those gifts are just awesome to behold that when we come to recognize them, it's just humbling. Yeah, I would, I would say humbling is the right word. That, that, that is the, the overwhelming sense I have is just I'm, I'm humbled to be a part of it. So Megan, I've recited some stats you sent out going from 15 teachers and 139 9th through 12th graders in the first year of the online academy in 2013 to now more than 70 teachers and 1,000 online students in grades K through 12. What a ride. It really has been a ride. And I think one of the things I did not expect this year is for our enrollment in the online school to stay at the same level as last year. Hmm. Um, you know, last year was was the COVID, right? And I mean, this year, there was certainly some COVID um, protocols that had people still coming to homeschooling or, or online schooling instead of maybe their in-person option. But I have just been 
I don't know, floored by how many people just loved what they saw when they were here last year and wanted to stay. And enrollment just kicked off a couple weeks ago for next year. We're all sitting there nervous, like, what's going to (laughs) happen? And I mean, I was closing sections by the afternoon that enrollment opened of classes. You know, there's a couple classes that always fill up really quick. You know, like Dr. Alman's art class, you know, Mrs. Powers geometry class. Like there's a couple of teachers that have been with us for a long time and they just have kind of that loyal following from siblings and that sort of thing. So those are always expected, but I did not expect to be closing seventh grade English sections, seventh grade religion sections by, you know, the afternoon of the first day of enrollment opening. So it was, it was exciting to be a part of this year. So I, I expect that we're going to be at the same level of students this year, maybe even growing um, next year. We'll see. I always kind of just wait with bated breath and know it's in God's hands. And it's been unique for me this year. This is the first year I've had children in the online school. Um, and it's been a really great experience to be on the parent side. I think it's helped quite a bit with, you know, finding little nuanced things that need to be tweaked here and there. Um, you know, we've been doing this for a long time. We've put a lot of the ins and outs of best practices for online schooling, but being me on the parent side too is just helping us even refine it even more. Mm-hmm. And it, it was great to, you know, have Tony give his um, background. And I, and if you know me, you know that Tony is going to be a, a really great addition to um, the online school just with his design background and just general love for the mission. And I'm really excited to have him on board. With, with all this growth that we've had, um, it has become necessary for us to hire a few more administrators to help us with the number of students, with an increased number of students. There's an increased number of behavioral issues here and there. You know, Colby students are awesome. There's very few behavioral issues, but they still come up. And so we've actually gone to this new dean model, which, you know, you all have already listened to the dean episode, it sounds like, mm-hmm. um, where we have a, a dean dedicated to 9 through 12, 1 through 6 to 6 through 8, and 1 through K to 5. So that'll kind of be fully in place um, for the 22-23 school year. It's a mouthful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then additionally, having kind of Nicole on her part for the 6 through 12, and that's where Tony's role comes into play here. So he'll be overseeing um, the department chairs directly, uh, which is a job I've been doing for the last, you know, nine years. And that will free me up to um, work on more like high level things, strategic things that Colby Academy is doing. And we're still kind of figuring out what things, you know, he'll be taking over, what things will still kind of stay in my purview. And, and I'm sure we won't have all of that figured out for at least a year. Um, and, and he's been great, just willing to learn anything that I want to teach him and um, doing a great job with it. Many, many of you may or may not be aware that the way that our 6 through 12 um, program is organized is that we have a department chair for each subject area. So theology, literature and English, history, math, science, and foreign language. So next year, we will have four new department chairs, wow. which is very exciting. Um, a little scary, but I, I'm one of those people that embraces change. I think change always brings great new opportunities. So I'm, I'm very excited about it. Some of our department chairs are retiring from Colby. Um, other department chairs are moving into different roles or just stepping back a little bit. So those new department chairs are in the math department. We have uh, Mr. Wes Stratman. 
Um, so he was actually hired this past year. He's a first year teacher. So very exciting to have a first year teacher moving into a department chair role. He's been wonderful. And I'm sure some, some of um, the students have had him in geometry or algebra two. And then in our science department, uh, we have Katie Bradley moving into the department chair role. And this year she, again, also a first year teacher, but she's teaching biology and life science. And then she's also our biology lab teacher. So she'll continue to teach. And, and as will Wes, they'll still continue to teach. They won't have quite as full of a um, teaching load mm -hmm. um, as they may have had this year. And then our history department, we have Mrs. Therese Prudlow moving into the history department chair mm -hmm. position. Now, Therese has been with us for, I think, six years. She's, you know, almost all the students have had Mrs. Prudlow because she has taught in middle school and she's taught in high school and she's just wonderful. Yes. And then our theology department. So our theology department will have Mr. Nick Sens. Um, moving into the department chair role starting next year. And we're really excited about him. So lots of change, but, um, you know, like I said, I think change is, is a good thing. It'll it brings new opportunities and, and, you know, Tony will have four newbies underneath <laughs> him, but two, two people that will, uh, show him the ropes. So. Yeah, it's exciting. Wow. There's a lot of new newness happening, new, new growth. That's exciting. So we've had some of those on the Colby cast, but now we're going to need to meet yeah. in person. We've had, we've had Mrs. Prudlow, Mr. Sens, Mrs. Bradley all on the Colby cast before. I'll link all those episodes so people can hear them, get to know them a little bit. But now I'll be uh, looking at Mr. Chapman. Yeah, maybe I'll have to have a, a department chair uh, podcast of some kind. That would be a party, just FYI. Be, yeah, those are fun. Like <laughs> Having everybody together. I haven't yet, Megan, to say that I hope this doesn't mean that my son no longer has Mr. Sens for uh, 11th grade theology, which he's very much looking forward to. But No, he'll he'll continue teaching <laughs> okay. his 11th grade theology classes. Okay. <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> so with the online director role, as you've put it, like a, like a vice principal role, for those of us who are a little fuzzy on what sorts of things that might mean, especially if we've been homeschooling for a while and we're kind of out of the brick and mortar school scene, what, what sorts of things might that entail for you? In addition, like, so department chair things, but I'll just get out of the way now. <laughs> no worries. I think I see the role um, somewhat as a, a bridge between Colby's leadership and then uh, I would say like frontline teachers. Um, and of course, department chairs are, are also a, a, a sort of a liaison between those two elements. Um, but I kind of have... Uh, a couple different things that I, I think I, I'm responsible for. And, and one of them is to help Colby leadership implement its vision for the school um, and, and to uh, kind of guide the direction of the school. Um, so that, that would be going from leadership and then through department chairs to, to team what actually gets implemented in classrooms. And then I think the other job of mine is to advocate for teachers and for what teachers are seeing in classrooms um, and to be able to uh, inform leadership of the effects of policies and, and how effective those policies are and kind of like, I, I guess, serve as a bridge between those two elements. Okay. Um, and I think I think that's that's uh, part of why I think Megan picked me for this role is because I've had experience with kind of both ends of that. So I've been on, on the teacher side of things. I've got a lot of experience on that, on that front line, as I would say. 
this is my first administrative role, but when I was working in schools, um, I, I took a, a variety of leadership positions on committees and whatnot, where I was responsible for helping the administration uh, lead teachers in a direction and, and implement new programs and policies. Um, so I've kind of been able to see both sides of that. And I, and I think that that's, that's, it's an important role. And I'm excited that even, even if I weren't the one to get the role, I'm, I'm glad that Colby has it because I think it's a very important, uh, you know, position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With, having gone through some some organizations that are growing and it just becomes when you're small with us well step back with the wonderful growth that colby has seen you can just you could just intuitively know you've got to kind of in any organization communication is a is super important but as you get bigger and bigger that gets harder right if you're just talking about the number of teachers that you've expanded um you can't it's not easy just to have a little get together meeting at that size and be able to communicate in the same way that you could 10 12 years ago so i can you can just see that in order to keep that connection to the students you need people who are kind of shrinking that communication and condensing it a little bit but making sure that it's going through otherwise you, know, you just can't you can't have that one-on-one relationship with as many people as you keep getting bigger so i'm really excited to to have Tony joining join this role. This is fantastic. Yeah, and I think, you know, over the last two to three years with all the growth that we've had, I find myself having less and less time to do some of the more nitty gritty things that I want to do for the six through 12 students. Um, you know, just getting the memo out every week can sometimes, you know, I'm doing it on Friday. I want to spend more time on it, but we need more hands, right? We, you know, and that's, it was hard to almost get convinced that I, that we needed this position because I don't want to relinquish control of anything, (laughs) you know, and, but at the end of the day, like if we're going to do things right for our students, we need more people helping. We need more people um, to do some of the heavy lifting or things just don't get done. So it It reminds me of like Stephen Covey's seven habits of highly effective people where you've got that grid of, I think this was from prior to him, but important things and urgent things, and you've got the four quadrants. But as you keep getting more and more, all of your stuff is moving to important, urgent stuff. And all of, all of that important, but not urgent stuff, just there's no time for that. And that's, yeah, that, exactly. that should allow you to spend the time there in that quadrant. But I would add one thing to what I think this role brings to Colby. Um, I think I'm going to be able to make it so that Megan can take a full day off. And Megan works oh, extremely hard. And that is that is one of my goals, to make it so that she can take a day off without worrying about what's happening at Colby. Hey, Mom, are you listening to that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Excellent. That's so true. Well, it's uh, not surprising to see the way you guys have responded to the the needs and and opportunities that have come along with this growth and in order to sustain it and and help the school flourish and all the students enrolled in the school flourish as well one of the hallmarks of the colby curriculum is the integration across the subject areas covering concepts in history theology and literature among others to help students assimilate what they're learning and think deeply critically that oft-used word about the material the world around them their places in the world things like that This takes a lot of coordination and effort. So let's talk about the ways Colby teachers are formed and supported in this endeavor, especially 
around keeping our Catholic faith at the center of everything, which is evident from hearing you guys talk about how you've approached these needs on the administrative side. So let's let's talk about that on the on the teacher side and how that then relates to um, the curriculum and the students and their experience. Well, I think I would start with the hiring process. Um, okay. And you have to have the right people to do this job right, to, to be a teacher of a Colby student, to help perpetuate the mission, propagate the mission. And so the hiring process becomes something that's so important. And sometimes I go, oh my gosh, we have so many steps to the hiring process. But it really, it really does, um, it, it just makes it so important for our, um, our department chairs, for Tony going into this next year and for, for myself to get to know these applicants, how, you know, how seriously do they take their faith? How do they apply it? How can they bring it into the classroom? And so I don't know, Tony, you were coming up with some really good um, interview questions, not that you want to give them away on air, but mm -hmm. I think there was the, the one that I thought, um, I think it was actually Therese Prudlow that threw it out there and, and you kind of uh, turned it around a little bit. Can, do you remember uh, the exact question? Something about the incarnation? Right. How does how does something along the lines of um, how does the fact of the rear, uh, sorry, of, of the incarnation influence your approach to teaching history? Hmm. Yeah. So, um, I mean, there's 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 ways for us to really get to the core of the applicant to see if they are a mission fit. So so I say all that because I think, you know, you got to hire the right people into those positions first. Right. And mm -hmm. then and then from there, once they become employees and they're actually on our faculty, then we we want to help grow them. Right. Not not only in online teaching, but also spiritually. So um, we offer four in-services every year. And the one that I offer during that we have during Lent, um, I usually try to bring in a speaker of some sort that addresses um, a spiritual topic of some kind. Um, so actually, Nicole, um, she is the one that hooked us up with this last one. Do you want to tell a little bit about, about him? Because I know you know his background backwards and forwards. Sure. Yeah, I was really excited um, because I was able to connect with um, a, a friend who was a priest at Franciscan University when I was there, Father Rick Martignetti. And he, um, just a beautiful, humble priest. I always enjoyed hearing him speak. And he gave this wonderful meditation for us on the wounds of Christ. And it, one thing that really struck me about what he gave to us as online teachers was he talked about um, the ministry of touch and how, you know, when someone's dying or when you need to comfort someone often we we try we talk you know we feel like we need to talk or say something and how that's really focused on us but how when christ ministered to people he just reached out his hand mm -hmm. and he you know he offered this and and i know as online teachers a lot of us feel like we want to do you know we want to connect with our students on that next level and just be there for them and and so strategizing ways, um, we had department meetings after this beautiful meditation and we had such a fruitful discussion of, okay, so what does that look like as a virtual teacher? How can we still be there for our students, know that we're supporting them in their mission of growing closer to Christ in their journey as a human person? And I think it really goes into how we approach our subjects and how we approach what we're leading them towards. As Tony said with his question, you know, talking about the incarnation, how does it inform your gene? 
well, how does your relationship with Christ and your ministry um, as a teacher, how does that inform your teaching in every subject? So it was, it was beautiful. And I also got to see an old friend. So that was really nice. And I just want to piggyback off of what uh, Nicole was saying about the, so the infusion of faith in, in like subject areas or whatever, um, just that we see each of our subject areas as, as having an important role in a student's formation. So if our, our primary mission is to form students in the Catholic faith, each of the subject areas is, is, has a, a role to play um, in that. And I think that we orient our, um, uh, how we approach pedagogy and content and all of those kinds of things towards that end and also as Megan was saying earlier we hire according to that as well so it's something we want to know what, what what approach do our teachers take in light of that uh, responsibility to forming kids and what role does their field play in that process what is evident on on our end we have such a talented group of teachers. We have so many experts <laughs> in, I think that's another piece mm -hmm. that's been so beautiful. I know even, you know, aside from our in-services and, and, you know, the retreats and things that uh, we put together on the administrative side, within every department, there seems to be little pockets of, of beauty that are able to be shared. For example, um, last year, Michelle Kim, who I know you spoke with recently, mm -hmm. she was on a previous episode about her involvement with Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. Yeah. Um, when she taught for elementary, she did this beautiful professional development for the department on how you can take the principles of CGS and that godly play and that hands-on experience and tie it into an elementary virtual classroom. Mm -hmm. So one really beautiful thing that she brought to our department, which everyone still does, is we have a, a prayer layout. So if you're familiar with Adobe, all you Colby families, there's different layouts that teachers can use to switch kind of from room to room. And she really invited the teachers to make the prayer space a very inviting and holy space where you enter, you know, you switch layouts. So you're physically going in to say your prayer before class starts. And there's a candle video that like flickers like a real candle in Gregorian chants. And there's this beautiful image of the crucifix. And that the, so it's just, just that little change changed the entire tone of the entire class and the opportunity to invite students into prayer. So, you know, that's something that all of our teachers benefited from. And it was just, you know, this, her experience and her expertise and her faithfulness that really brought that to the online school. So that was a really beautiful, beautiful thing last year. And I think that that reminds me of uh, earlier when you were asking me what, what has surprised me since I've been at Colby. Um, in, in my career, I've, I've encountered really talented people and really great people. And what's been amazing at Colby is that's all we have is yep. really great, faithful people who are talented and creative. And every single person that I interact with, I'm so impressed with. And I, I've never been a part of an institution that's, that's like practically universally um, uh, staffed by such quality people. Well, I can echo that. That's been my experience in, in meeting several of the folks along the way recording these episodes. I've come to expect it. Like, this is, this is how Colby folks are. And we've heard from a lot of Colby teachers on previous episodes or in the course of preparing for those episodes, how grateful they are for the training and the mentorship and the formation that they receive when they come on board. It really means a lot to them and, and they get so much out of it and then give so much as a result. But it, it, you can see the, the camaraderie and the, everything that you pour into to helping people who serve Colby in these roles grow as people and, and on their, in their lives of faith. Can you tell us a bit about that and how you help them integrate the faith into all the subjects that they teach? Sure. 
out a little bit about um, how we approach that in K through five. So as you know, K through five is a different program than six through 12 in that it's a whole program. You don't just sign up for one class, you sign up for all the classes. And that's very intentional um, for the age because one beauty of elementary in a brick and mortar school is you're all in one classroom with, with your teacher all day. And so if your teacher wants to bring back what you were talking about in religion to your history lesson for the day, it's very natural and easy to do that. And so um, that's what we seek to do. We start our week with religion. And I loved what Tony said. It's not just a religion class and then all your other subjects. Like we don't just focus on, okay, we teach religion and everything else. It's everything is tied to salvation history and their place in the world and, mm -hmm. and their, you know, mission as a child of God. And so that comes up in every subject, even science. Um, we, our teachers have this awesome science book with Catholic scientists and, and how their faith has inspired their inventions and creations. And so um, really first on the first level, making sure understand the philosophy behind each subject. So um, I know Teresa Prudlow has beautiful things to say about the philosophy of history and the incarnation and the connection and, yeah. and all of that. And so those little pieces of how do we approach literature? Well, we seek truth, beauty, and goodness in everything we read and we select our novels accordingly. Um, and how do we approach science? Well, we're marveling at God's creation and we're trying to understand, you know, the design behind it. And so um, on the foundational level, making sure the teachers understand that, that we all have a shared view of what that will be. And then on more the, the nitty gritty, the, the nuts and bolts of it is making sure that when there are opportunities to integrate subjects, we do that. So if they have a writing assignment, we don't just pick a random writing topic for them to write it out because they're learning how to write a narrative. We look at, well, what are they learning in, in theology, religion? What are they learning in history? And how can we really teach them to marvel at that and use their writing skills to express this truth, beauty, and goodness. So I know those are kind of buzzwords in classical education, truth, beauty, goodness. You know, that's like the big thing, but it's, it's true. <laughs> it's, it's the core of everything. And, and when you do that, the subjects just naturally integrate themselves to the faith because in every study you're seeking truth. And that's one of my favorite parts about working for Colby, working with teachers at Colby is, we all understand and agree with that. And so we're all working towards that um, and revealing that for our students. I've been impressed with Colby's teachers in particular since I'm relatively new to Colby, but we, I keep to meet some of them. And you know, my background at Thomas Aquinas meant that our conversations about God and our faith were often extremely intellectual. And so we would tend away from that talking about our relationship our own relationship with God and God as a person. And so I kind of got used to that, but coming into Colby, they've got these great intellectual minds here. These teachers that I've talked to, they, they're thinking very critically, but they're, they're very open about their relationship and their love of our Lord and their, their desire to share that with other people and other students or their students and you know, just other, other people. And I just, that balance is really remarkable to me and it's, it's not common. So it, it's really impressive. I have to agree with Steve about almost the how the faculty humbles me and helps me to grow in my own faith because they are so not only academically understanding their faith, but showing that love for our Lord in a very personal way and bringing that. So in bringing it to the students, they also bring it up to us in the administration 
Um, so it's, it's very, it's just a wonderful thing to be a part of. Okay. So this has been inspiring to hear about all that you pour into the formation of the Colby teachers. We certainly see the results of that here on our end as parents and families and students. Let's talk more about how we as parents and families can partner with you on the administration side of things. How, what can we do on our, on our end? Yeah, I mean, this might seem a little cliche, but fill out the surveys, please. <laughs> um, and leave us comments, like tell us why you selected the answer you did. We read every single comment that comes through. We look at everything in depth and we send those surveys out uh, twice a year. So at the end of first semester, because we started realizing like, let's send these out in the middle of the year because we can catch some things and fix them before the end of the year. Um, and then again at the end of the year. And we use those things to zone in on certain items for professional development, um, for big changes in our program, little changes in our program, you know, trying to just really make the best experience for all of our students. So that, to be honest, that's probably the number one way parents can really affect change in the online program. Okay. I would just add that, um positive feedback, particularly for individual instructors, is incredibly life-giving for teachers. So when we see a, a teacher being praised for something that they've done well or that they've reached a student or something like that, we make sure that that teacher hears that feedback. Um, and it's always, always, always like a life-giving thing for them. Yeah, sure. When you nominate one of your teachers for Teacher of the Month, they receive that nomination and any comments you give them. So even if they aren't chosen for Teacher of the Month that particular month, they still receive all of those, uh, all of that positive feedback. So, you know, don't be shy in nominating somebody, even if you think, oh, they only teach one class, you know, they'll never get it. But, you know, Mr. Gisaldo will still get your, your positive feedback if you fill that out about him. Okay, good to know. Funny enough, my first interaction with Tony was through a survey. So his daughter was in the online school and he was so generous and filled out a survey uh, the first year. And um, being a history teacher, which I didn't know at the time, he was saying, you know, I love the program. There's so much I love. I would love to see more history. And I emailed him back and I said, oh, thank you so much, Mr. Gazalto. We actually are going to add another day of history or we're going to have history every week next year. And he was like, I'm, I'm so happy to hear that. So we had this nice little back and forth. Little did I know I'd be working with him <laughs> very closely in the coming year. So um, little did I know. <laughs> it's so great. So that was I, nice. One one fact that Nicole is leaving out is not only did she email me back, but she emailed me back like 10 minutes after I submitted the say, which told me like, man, this place is squared away. They're just on top of. Yeah, we really do read those surveys with beta. <laughs> like as they're all coming in, I'm like, my brain's firing with ideas. And I mean, the parents are, are the backbone of the program, you know, we're your homeschool families through and through, like the parents are back, you know, we know they're behind the scenes doing the hard work of making their kids sign on to class or, or do the work. So I really enjoyed hearing from you when I when you were a parent and, and knowing that, you know, you were thinking about what would be best for your daughter and communicating it. So it was great. Okay, we'll take note, fill out the surveys. That's good. Are there other ways that we can improve our um, interactions with you guys? You know, I think that we talk about parent partnership a lot. And I think it's not just what parents can do more to connect with us, but 
um, just us learning to the kind of support that parents need in time and being able to work on that and communicate it. So I know, especially in launching the K through five program, um, understanding that many, almost, you know, all the parents in our program, they want to be a part of their child's education. That's why they chose Colby. They want to be a part of it. And, but sometimes they don't feel like they have the tools or they're not really sure what their role should be or how they should be involved. And so that's been something I've been really working on as director of K through five is um, what tools can we give parents to better support their kids at home? What ways can we build that bridge between teachers and parents so they feel like they're in partnership working together for their child's success? Um, and how can I facilitate that communication, that goal? And so when I took this job, that was one thing I communicated that my favorite part of being a teacher was getting to know families. I loved it in brick and mortar and I found that it still existed. And I loved it at Colby too, of, you know, I'd have sibling after sibling and, and really get to know them. So, um, that's something that I really wanted to focus on in this role and I'm still continuing to grow and what that looks like. We have had a couple of episodes on the elementary grades. I will be sure to link those in our show notes, and those do go into more detail about how those grades in particular can work with the online teachers and set up their spaces at home and, and put some things in place to to have success using the program in, in the elementary grades. So it, it looks like there are opportunities for more to join in this mission. Megan, do you want to talk about any of those opportunities? Yeah, sure. So we have um, a couple of openings for faculty members next year. We have a couple of openings in the theology department, as well as math and science. And we have one or two classes in middle school English, but otherwise English and lit, we don't have too many openings really. Um, Oh, and history. I almost forgot history. So we have... (laughs) Um, a couple of openings in middle school history, as well as high school history, the humanities classes. Um, and then we are also hiring academic advisors as well um, in the academic services department. So anybody interested, both part-time and full-time, Nicole, is in her department, K-5, to we are hiring a first grade teacher and a kindergarten teacher. So both part-time. We, we have two teachers in each grade level for K-1 and 2, and so we have, um, we have one first grade teacher right now, one that moved down to kindergarten for next year, and so we have an opening in each of those grades, K and 1. Okay. Well, once again, in our show notes, we'll have a link to where you can get that process started for applying for these open positions and, and learning more about working at Colby. There's a lot of information there. Enrollment is open for the summer and 2022, 23 school year. That is hard to say. Um, and so we will. It really is. It's got to be a better way. (laughs) So we will link to that as well. There are ways to both contribute to the cost of, of education and also benefit from the financial assistance program that Colby has in place. Stephen, do you want to say a few words about that before we go? Yeah, first, I guess I'd like to put in a, a plug to if for the families, if they if you did, haven't tried out the online program or haven't given it a sh- or tried it a while ago and it just didn't seem to fit, I'd, I'd recommend there's lots of different ways you can get involved with it. So whether it's like the home, the homeroom, which we have had a podcast about talking to some of the homeroom teachers or just the classes as well. And, you know, this is my son's first year in a Colby online class. And he was in a history 10 
honors course with Dr. Hasler. And at first we jumped in and thought, this is, this is intense. Um, but to see the growth as, as he's learned to kind of discipline himself, do the readings on time, get everything done on time and, and be proactive with that has been really impressive to me. And again, like we're talking about, there's, these teachers are, are amazing people. And so it's, it's, it's fun just to have him get to know Dr. Hassler as a teacher and be exposed to him. And I'm really looking forward to ha having him have uh, Mr. Sen's next next year for that as well. So, so I would I would encourage people to give it a try. And I I know we're coming up on financial aid just to, like the next week after this podcast is going to come, and a lot of those are for people who have recognized that they could really use some an online class or, or some of the online classes. And sometimes it is really essential for the families to be successful, to have, to be able to get into some of these courses, to have the extra help. So, um, you know, if you're, if you're out there and you, you've, you've had the classes and you love them, like, like I've come to love them, then if you, if you can support some of these other students, that would be great. Or if you think I really need this and, um, but it's hard for you to fit it in that budget. I mean, again, reach out to me or reach out to your advisor. Let us know in, or apply for financial aid directly on the site, whatever. Um, let us know. Maybe I mean, Hopefully we can, the generous families that we have will be able to help support that and get those students in. That has not come up here before, so we wanted to make sure to, to highlight that, that that is available. And there are other ways to support Colby that haven't come up either that I thought we would mention. There is a, Amazon has a, a program called Amazon Smile where you can designate a recipient of a, a part, portion of your Amazon purchases. Colby is a, is a part of that program and we will include information on how to designate Colby as your recipient in Amazon Smile. You can also receive employer matching gifts and one-time or monthly contributions. So there will be information about all that in the show notes. We'll have lots of stuff there, so check that out. I always enjoy celebrating the teachers and administration and staff at Colby. I'm so grateful for what Colby has done for our family. And I'm, it's always a privilege to be able to share that with our listeners and to highlight all the good work happening where, where people can see it and behind the scenes as well. So thank you all, Tony, Megan, and Nicole for coming to visit with us today. Yeah. And we look forward to working with you guys going forward and, and seeing all the good that's yet to come. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks, Bonnie. Thank you. Subscribe to the Colby Cast on your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss an episode. And let us know how we're doing by leaving a rating or a review. And as always, feel free to email us at podcast at colby.org. Mary, our mother, pray for us. St. Maximilian Colby, pray for us. Ad maiorem Dei Gloriam.